0: Hello and welcome to Baich TV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 40. I'm Christina Susamai, your host of this program. Thank you so much for joining me again as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today, we are very honored to have with us a couple who tries to support, who strives to support others to create balance in their lives through assisting them in the loss of their friends, our pets. I would like to welcome Teresa and Scott Somerville from At Garden's Edge. Hello, Teresa. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being with me today. <laughs>
1: thank you so much for asking us to be here, Christina. It's an honor.
0: Well, thank you. And and I have to uh, let everyone know um, how I have come to meet... Um, Scott, well, Scott, of course. I, the, today, I'm honored to meet Teresa's other half, which is wonderful. Um, is because I recently, back a few, several months ago, had lost a very, very dear, dear friend of twelve and a half years, my little girl Brisa, which is my was my little dog. And uh, it was a beautiful passing that she had here at home. And, you know, at the end, um, because of my little son, I really wanted him to experience the ritual of uh, and the joy of the passing of a loved one, which he had experienced of an uncle and now of uh, his dear little buddy, you know, mm-hmm. had passed. And, and um, you know, after she had passed, I thought, hmm, it would be great to have him understand the flow of cremation and and understand what it means to you know share her within the home with our friends um at her favorite parks uh, when we go traveling uh, so that he would know that one day when that happened to myself or you know my mother whom would like to be cremated as well he would honor that and he would already understand and honor that flow but most of all, to honor the fact that this spirit or this being wasn't just anybody. You know, it was someone that was very, very close. And, uh, of course, um, as I went through and I Googled <laughs> our favorite friend, Google, right? <laughs> you know, uh, pet cremations and a whole list came up and, I know, I called one place, I think, and that was okay. And then I called your company, and I spoke to you, Scott. Yes. And just the timbre of your voice, the sincerity, the authenticity, really helped me to know that I found the place I'd like to take care of Brisa and so hence um it was a lovely experience and you made it so pleasant that i've told many about it verbally about you verbally i've even photocopied your brochure <laughs> to give Thank you. out um and everyone's like, when the time comes, and I'm going, yes, when the time comes, at least you have the, you know, you have the brochure in your hand. Um, but I also felt that because, you know, we on the show, it, you know, we create balance on every level. And it's called Trinity Night of Life because we, we, you know, we um, support the young, the child, we support the adult, and we support our elders and the our pets, which they also fall in that lineage Absolutely. as well. Right. Absolutely. So because of that, I felt that you know, what you do is so important to our society, especially at this day and age, that we wanted uh, you both to come on the show and speak about you know, how this all began, and your services, of course. Thank
1: you. It's a wonderful <laughs> opportunity. Yes. Um, Teresa and I uh, found um, a need in our community. To provide a service that really was not being offered and to provide our brothers and sisters who are pet companions, uh, assist them with, help them with closure and help them in healing after their pet passes. To be um, transparent and responsible and honorable in everything we do with regards to their pets. Absolutely.
0: Mm, mm. Now. Can you tell us a little bit of your background, like what you do or what you did do uh for a living before you came into this business
1: sure um Teresa.
0: yes, well, I'll start. <laughs> I've always had the
2: entrepreneurial spirit. I have been working as an interpreter in legal uh in my in a legal background but uh Animals have always been a great passion to me. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, by luck or whatever, always end up picking up the pet that needs help. I, I end up in neighborhoods at work <laughs> that you know, where I would end up you know, running into all these animals and uh, that were running loose or that were abandoned or hurt by the side of the road. So it has been a passion for me. I grew up in a household where we did that. All mm. our pets had been rescues. And um, uh, I understand the process of loving them, and I understand the process of letting them go. Mm. And um, I was not, you know, I, it, was, it just came naturally. It was just one little thing that came after another.
1: Mm. And you know? then we uh, purchased a house in a nearby neighborhood, And um, it was an unfenced yard. And the first week we were there, we became aware that we had unwittingly inherited a feral colony of cats. (laughs) And there were about 20 cats. And um, we decided that we were going to do the very best we could for those cats. Mm. And we uh, practiced what's known as TNR. And we trapped neutered or spayed and released every single cat that we could catch and trap so that they would not Mm -hmm. return to the wild and be responsible for hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of more feral cats. So we began um, doing the uh, trapping, neutering and spading and releasing, and that led to Dealing with pets who had been injured or were um, um, declining, or maybe Mm -hmm. they had been injured and were declining because of that. So we had to provide some sort of aftercare for them. And it was in providing aftercare for our own pets and the feral colony that we inherited that we discovered that there was a great need for a company that would provide completely private pet aftercare, mm-hmm. as opposed to the other aftercare services that were out there. We found, we believed ourselves in conversation that we could do better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what we wanted to do, was do the best we could for the pet population, but also for our community as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so my gosh, I mean... <laughs> Twenty feral cats. I can't even imagine. <laughs> and
1: we named every one of them wow. and loved every one of them. Wow!
0: Yeah. Wow! And and so through your own um, experience yes. with these cats coming into your life and so many of them and their transitioning, uh, I mean, what? uh what i mean this is this is a very very different kind of business to get into yeah and and it's quite a commitment yes because you're dealing um like like when i go to like the mortuaries it's it's tough it's really tough what these directors and their staff have to go through because you know they're dealing with people who are mourning and you know majority of the time I mean I mean we were delighted here (laughs) I don't know if you remember but we're going oh yes look at her she's got these little candles and you know (laughs) but I know a lot of my friends who have called me in you know when their pets weren't doing well and they just needed you know comforting It's a very difficult time. And um, here you are, you've started a business, and, wow, it's very different. Um, Do you feel that you need to handle the situation uh, the same as how these uh, mortuaries handle when it is a person?
1: Yes, I try, I think that both Reese and I believe that um, the pets are an integral part of the family, and they should be treated with the same deference as any human member of the family and That's why we provide the service that we do because we care what happens to our pets mm-hmm. and we care what happens to your pet and We realized that there wasn't there weren't many services that provided the same level of comfort Mm -hmm. and assurance and transparency Mm -hmm. during a really emotional and devastating time in our clients' Mm -hmm. lives. So um, the last thing that we would want to do in any way, shape, or form is take any advantage of anyone in that situation. So we're very, very mindful of everything that we say, every comment that we make, so as not to be upsetting in any way, not to diminish the circumstances in any way, and to be tender and to be caring and to be loving for our mm. brothers and sisters.
0: Mm, mm. Lovely. And, and believe me, that's exactly what you showed. <laughs> when you came here, when you were on the phone, you know, just really, really um, lovely, lovely approach. Um, now, Teresa, you had mentioned, uh, in our earlier conversation before we actually came on air that, um, you, you have a way because I, I had shared with you that, you know, I have worked with a lot of people who are in transition pets too, pets too, but, um, you know, people who have illnesses and things like that, you know, the elderly and people, you know, who are in, in pretty extensive stages of health, you know, um, you know, working with them, working with their families. And you also, you shared with me that you have worked um, with pets and people in that similar way as well.
2: Yes. Um, I grew, as I was sharing with you, I grew up in a, in a culture that did not, um, uh, ran away from discussing the issues of death mm. so i grew up with that i it, it you know death is a familiar topic mm. and uh it is something that doesn't just happen to others you <laughs> <Yes>. know <laughs> and um it happens uh, daily around us to our loved ones and i think that i have um I have the ability to be very sympathetic mm. because I know that the pain is there, but I also feel uh, within me that there is a, this is a beautiful event, even though it is painful, mm. and that there's hope that it will pass. But at the same time, I feel very nurtured. It's interesting And the same um, uh, at the same time as I am providing some nurturing or comfort or 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 help during uh, this painful situation, mm-hmm. I feel at the same time like I am being, it's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it is fulfilling to be able to be of help and loving uh, companionship to people at that moment, in mm-hmm. the moment of a loss. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's been something that has happened in my life mm-hmm. throughout, uh, you know, since I was uh, very young and... Uh, Maybe I was being prepared to do this as in my life, in the future, you know, in, in my in my future. So I'm loving mm. every day of it.
0: Mm, how wonderful! I mean, really, we we talked today on our. Um yesterday on our show with Dr. Glenn Woolman about our life and our paths and, you know, how he knew that he was going to be a doctor from a very young age. And um, I knew that I was also immersed in somewhere in the healing arts when I was very, very young as well for either doctor, nurse, or some form of it. And so I do believe that. I do believe there's certain, uh, um, certain senses that we have that we really can't run or hide from. <laughs> yes. you it's know. being
1: a caregiver. You know, We're really yes. being caregivers in this instance. When our brothers and sisters lose a pet and they lose a family member, we're stepping in as caregivers to give them assistance at a time that they didn't expect was going to happen. Mm-hmm. The last thing that we believe is that our pets are going to pass. We hold we hold in our mind somehow, for some reason, that like children, they will outlive us. Yeah. And it's not true. Mm-hmm. So when reality does set in, and people haven't anticipated the passing of their pet, it can catch them really off guard, mm-hmm. and they can be very emotional, distraught, and now they have to make decisions about yeah. the aftercare of their pet. Mm. And so uh, it can be a very troubling time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and often uh, when I myself in a situation of, of, of grieving, mm-hmm. I don't make the best decisions. And I'm open for uh, any other input that could come in. So when I speak to a client who's contacted me and let me know that their pet has passed, I immediately empathize with them. There's a great loss in their heart. Mm -hmm. There's a great loss that's going to take place in their life. How can I ease this process for them? How can I assure them that they're giving their pet the very best aftercare that they can? How can I move them from this point of terrible anguish to reflecting about their pet in a kind way with wonderful memories, not of sadness? That's my real Mm. joy. That's what gives me fulfillment, taking a client from the deepest of sadnesses to some sense of recovery Mm -hmm. after their pet has passed. Mm. It's a privilege. It's really a privilege. I was a college administrator previous to this, and this is easily much more fulfilling.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's, uh, we can really feel, you know, uh, the joy that you both have, um, doing this, you know, ha- having you present in the room together is really lovely. Um, now there are some differences that I learned about that it would be wonderful to inform our audience, which is, you know, when we talk about cremations, um, which many of us encounter if we're at the vets and this is the only thing i knew of before which was okay at the vet you've lost your pet or they've euthanized the pet etc you know to put them out of you know whatever anxiety that they're in and i used to be, leave my pet there because they would take care of him they would cremate the the remains etc and that was it i would just turn and walk away yeah. um but when i did look into the factor of cremations i came upon the differences that you we can choose from. Yes. Would you like to share this with our audience?
1: Um, sure. You want to tell
2: them what it's about? Well, um, that's one of those things that uh, that we learned in the process, and uh, pretty much what uh, compelled us to to start doing this work. And it was that um, after we had had a couple of uh, pets that had passed, and we had had them taken, uh, you know, to, to facilities, uh, we found out that there were, you know, three major differences. One is a communal cremation. That means that pets are uh, being cremated in, you know, in a bunch with others, and they, the mm. people do not receive their ashes back. Uh, another way of cremation, which is the one that most companies use and they call it individual. It's compartmentalized. They, um, they're, they're partition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're partition cremations. Several pets, but they're divided. And uh, there's, uh, they are, they, they are given back to their owners. However, there's some commingling of uh, in of the process of mm. ashes. So that's that's the one that is most common. And uh, mostly called individual. I do not know if that is really the way it's supposed to be called, but that's the way it's Mm -hmm. called. And uh, there is a private cremation, which means only one pet at a time and one pet only. Mm. Um, And we also add to that that uh, we not only do the cremation by itself, one pet at a time. We only pick up one pet at a time. We only deliver... Uh, you know, we do not have, we don't go in picking up expeditions. <laughs> we really, you know, we take care of, um, you know, of uh, each one of our uh, pickups uh, uh, privately. I mm-hmm. we 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 want to completely dedicate ourselves emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. to that moment, mm-hmm. and not be, you know subject to a rush schedule so we we share the job the work so we can mm. we can be there
0: oh that's yeah. magnificent i th- i think that's part of what was so the it's uh, you know being so private and um really focused um and that's what i felt was was your your service was you, you were present you are present Absolutely. for us Yes. You know, for your clients, you are present for us. You are, and beginning all the way till the delivery, that's what I felt. Um, I was really shocked to learn about the differences in the cremations though. <laughs> I was like, well, pardon me, that's, but is not individual, doesn't that mean single? <laughs> you know.
1: It, it, it's in that um, ambiguity that many pet parents are often, find that their expectations were unrealized
0: Mm.
1: because I think that, um, I prefer to be completely transparent when someone contacts my company and says, what type of service do we provide? And I'm very confident in saying that we provide only private cremation, meaning it would be your pet by itself in the cremation chamber. We don't do any of the other modalities of cremation, communal or individual. We only do one one type and this is why we do one type because there's a commingling of ashes in an individual cremation and you're not going to get back all of your pet's ashes alone. Mm -hmm. There'll be 20 to 30 percent of other pet's ashes included. Now, when a client finds this out, they might say, I don't want to have that type of cremation. Mm. But so little is known about the industry that most clients do not know that there are options mm-hmm. and choices to be made. Like you made before, when going to your vet and having your pet euthanized, you left that responsibility with your veterinarian, knowing mm-hmm. that they would take responsibility for your pet. Mm-hmm. And they do. But they do it in a way that is easiest and most convenient for them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's the most spiritually uh, proper for your pet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if you do take your pet to the veterinarian, find out what are their services like. Or if you contact an aftercare company, ask us what kind of services do we provide. And mm-hmm. by and large, we'll always be very honest with you, all of the companies, to tell you what type of service we provide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's incumbent on the clientele to ask what type of service we provide because the industry is not required to let you know what service they provide
0: yes yes well well that's really that was where i was a little baffled was, um, uh, Hmm. You know, I, I did make one call and I have to admit, you know, these people did tell me that di- like there was a difference and, but it was uh, okay, but it was cut and dry. And I understood this is a business. I understand, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. you know? Um, so, so, you know, for some people, yes, that's all they need and that's great. You can make your choice. And, and, and then there's those of us who are a little more spiritual, and that's really our audience yes. you know, the, here at Yoga Hub is you know, people who are on a different level of awareness or people who are gaining awareness of everything around them from you know, uh, different types of beings, from mm-hmm. just acknowledging you know, the world around us.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, that's, and that's really the clientele that we're aiming our services for, mm-hmm. the most enlightened those who want the very best care for their Mm -hmm. pet. It's equivalent to a human cremation. You know, everything is done with a great deal of deference and respect. And it's important. It's important to us if it's important to you.
0: Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, A question that I have um, for both of you is um, some of us actually know when something's about to happen. Our pet might be very ill or, you know, um, having a difficult True. time already. Or they could be, like, you know, with some of my clients, um, their their pet is not ill but getting on in years, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and they know that the hips are high, they're getting up a little more difficult, they're not eating as much. You know what I mean? Hey, it's aging, yeah, absolutely. right? Um And so you know they they want to be prepared of course now can you give us uh some examples of how we can prepare um you know as uh, for us in as humans you know we have let's go through the will let's go through the trust let's sure. go through what you'd like you know i mean you're speaking to an individual while they're still together sure. and you know um no dementia set in etc but how do we prepare for our pet
1: Well, I think that the best thing to do when preparing for your pet is to plan ahead if you can, prearrange the services, get out and do some footwork in advance. Mm -hmm. When you're feeling good, when you're not feeling sad about the imminent demise of your pet, when you're feeling strong, make some phone calls, do some footwork, take some notes and listen to what the people are saying to you on the other end of the line. And- I think the best thing to do is to have a plan for when the inevitable does take place. So that when you're at your emotional bottom and you're at your most distraught, that the decisions have already been made. And all you have to do then is make a phone call. If you've prearranged the services with us, then you simply give us a phone call when your pet passes and we have everything in place. We simply come out and take care of the services. There's very little Mm -hmm. that you have to do except cry and hold your tissue.
2: There's nothing else (laughs) that really has to happen.
1: I would also say that you don't have to rush through anything. When your Mm -hmm. pet passes, don't feel like you have to do something immediately. One of the things that I like and liked about coming to your home was that you had displayed your pet in a viewing, you had set Mm -hmm. your pet up on a little altar. And you had placed candles and flowers and her favorite toys around her, and you allowed the family members to come in and grieve and cry and mm-hmm. kiss the pet and give them good closure. It's about mm-hmm. good closure. Don't rush through anything. Take your time, grieve, cry, experience everything you need to experience before the aftercare takes place.
0: Mm-hmm. That is lovely. Lovely, Teresa. Is there any other points that you can add to this from your spiritual uh, experiences that you've had?
2: You know, I I do. I believe that that's a personal belief. I don't believe that death is just one second to the next. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a process. But also I believe that once the medical aspect has been clarified, you know, the head is actually has passed, I do believe that the spirit is still there. Mm-hmm. I do believe that it's a process of it leaving that body and leaving, you know, moving on, whatever it is that uh, that happens. Um, and I, I prefer not to rush through it. Mm-hmm. I prefer to give it a little time. I think it's wonderful when, when people... Uh, have uh, their pet sometimes even euthanized at the vet and they take it home Mm -hmm. and they spend the night with the -hmm. with the remains because you know it's it it's a process for us to let go Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's also a process i believe of that spirit to really to Mm -hmm. be released so Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be rushed that's a personal feeling although sometimes we are asked to just be there immediately you know it is we do it of course we we will be there Mm -hmm. uh sometimes people just don't want to expose their children to the event Mm -hmm.
1: life's lessons
2: mm -hmm. yes yes yeah we we respect all of that it's just our personal belief that it's all right to spend a little bit of time nothing's going to happen
0: right Right. take it easy Um, that's, that's lovely the way you shared that, I both your experiences and your points of view on that. And I, I totally agree. Um, and you know, some, sometimes I also know that for some, it's the uh, discomfort of having something expired in your house. Mm -hmm. You know, some people might feel the fear or, um, you know, what's going to happen is, is, uh, is the corpse going to have an odor? You know many of those things because I, I do know that I was taking care of a pet once, and and the family had gone away, and uh, the, the the little the little sweetie um, passed away. And what had happened was uh, it was in the middle of summer, and they weren't going to be here for like forty eight hours after the first. 20 hours, I, I had to, you know, just put a nice blanket over. Mm-hmm. over, And luckily she was small mm-hmm. and I had to put her in my refrigerator, yeah. you know, just so that when the family actually saw her, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was still, you know, uh, acceptable basically, you know, and not a shock in any way. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it is, it's, it's interesting. Um, you it's know, often
1: me. difficult to deal with. Uh, the death of an animal, and Mm -hmm. as you say, having their remains right there in the home. Mm -hmm. It can be difficult if uh, the pet has passed and there are young children and you have to explain life's lessons and things of that nature. It can be difficult. But um, decay does not set in rapidly. Mm -hmm. Because you had a a confluence of events, it being summertime and time, those weighed against you. But generally, if your pet passes in the middle of the evening while it's asleep in the middle of the night, you do have 10, maybe 12 hours to make aftercare arrangements. There's no rush to do that. So you do have some time. Mm -hmm. Yes, decay will begin to set in. I generally recommend if a pet passes at home that the pet owner wrap their pet in either a blanket or a large towel and keep them in the coolest place in their home. Mm. So if you have a concrete-floored garage, Mm -hmm. you can move your pet into that cool space, and that will buy you some time. Mm -hmm. And Mm. that is a good, safe place to keep your pet. And then you can make the arrangements that you need to, contact the people, listen to what they're offering, and make a sound decision for your pet's aftercare. Mm -hmm. I think that both Teresa and I agree that you shouldn 't necessarily feel that you have to rush to respond mm-hmm. You can take a little time to absorb the moment and make some good decisions mm-hmm. don't be in fear and make fear based decisions
0: mm. it's so warm it does you know in the summertime and mm-hmm. and you don't want to be having running your air conditioner all day, especially if you're at work and things like that so so uh, and if they don't have a cool place, is there? Something else you can also suggest? You
1: can also wrap your pet in a blanket Mm -hmm. and then place them in a plastic bag. Mm -hmm. And then from your local liquor store, 7-Eleven, Spartan Final, pick up a bag of ice and place the bag of ice atop your pet and that will keep them cool again Mm. for many hours, even in the heat of summer. Mm -hmm. And really, it's only the really hot, months of summer in August Mm -hmm. and September when it really becomes difficult. Yes. Um, But other than that, uh, if we have a cool evening, we're usually okay. Mm -hmm. Really Mm -hmm. okay.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are some things
1: you can do to delay the decay. Mm -hmm. But I think that the most important thing to do is to have a plan in advance so that you don't have to use that time for making arrangements so that you can use that time for closure, mm. so that you can gather flower petals from your yard, so that you can light candles or incense, and so that you can have a spiritual closure with your pet. That's really what those hours are for.
0: Mm. Mm, lovely. Mm. Um, and uh, so you've you've had people had their pet euthanized at the vet and take then take the pet home. Yeah. You see, I'm sure a lot of people didn't know that that that's a possibility. No, absolutely, absolutely. You see, because you know, again, you're not told. But no. we're not. If we don't, it's back to being aware and being absolutely. educated, knowledge and having knowledge to say, you know. Well, and the, the interesting thing is, the vets don't say anything.
1: No, again, it's really a very difficult time for caregivers to. Put in their thoughts about how to best deal with your pet's aftercare. So Mm -hmm. in the industry, whether you're a, a veterinarian or in aftercare, we're really reluctant to give you input on what you might want to do. It's easier if it comes from you. And I think that it requires a certain amount of strength from the pet parent to make the right inquiry. Mm -hmm. Whether it's from your vet or whether it's from aftercare, don't be shy. Mm -hmm. Don't be um, willing to not suss out the real important information about your pet. If you leave it to somebody else, you leave it to somebody
0: else. Mm -hmm.
1: So take the time when your pets are healthy, before they age, to do some footwork and find out who's going to provide you with the best aftercare for your pet. Mm. We would do the same thing for our loved ones, So our human loved ones, so let's do the same thing for our pet loved ones. Mm. Let's plan ahead. And when we plan ahead, we'll have all the information we need. And really, if you have all the information you need as a pet parent, it will aid and assist you in the closure. Closure is interrupted when you don't have all the facts, when you don't know what actually happened to your pet, mm. when you cannot be calm in the inner recesses of your mind that you did the right thing
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a very very good point there um have you run into a situation where the pets had an accident
1: yes we have it's mm. it, it's often very difficult uh pet accidents um pets who are hit by a car um those are very um difficult situations Pets who are attacked by either other pets mm. or by wild creatures, coyotes or mountain lions, those are also very difficult. Mm. But I look at it this way when it comes to pets who are lost by a natural occurrence, it is indeed a natural occurrence. Mm-hmm. And it's not nearly as heartbreaking as a pet who's lost by being hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Because a natural occurrence is that in nature. It would be hard to stop thunder after Mm -hmm. lightning. So if a coyote attacks a small dog, it's nature. It happened very quickly, and it's nature. Mm -hmm. And nature can be excused for its brutalities. The hardest thing is when a pet is hit by a car. Mm -hmm. Because though it's quick, it's unexpected, Mm -hmm. and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. So we are very, very empathetic for anyone who loses a pet that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, losing a pet, no matter how it occurs, is a tragic situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, when you're dealing with a deceased pet, mm-hmm. you are very invested. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I totally dedicated my time to being there for my pets when, when they've been ill, and yeah, I uh, but I am, you know. Mm-hmm. diabetes and lymphoma and all those things that I've dealt with. Mm-hmm. But uh with uh you know and you're expecting, you know it's the moment is going to come the moment is going to come where I I knew where I was going to either feel comfortable to go ahead and have him euthanized at home mm-hmm. or at the vet. My preference is at home. But mm-hmm. uh you know but uh I I I was expecting it. It wasn't something that uh, that was sudden. So yeah. unexpected that, yeah. loss is the hardest.
1: Unexpected uh, loss is the hardest. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, like anything else, you know, but letting I think go that suddenly. But we both
1: believe yeah. that, the, that the best mm-hmm. euthanasia is an in home euthanasia. Mm-hmm. That our pets generally don't suffer as much anxiety yeah. when they're in their home space, yes. in their sanctuary, with all their favorite toys, all their favorite smells it's easier and i believe mm-hmm. kinder and gentler to do an in-home euthanasia
0: but isn't that the same in in human life you know when when in the hospital or at home you know in a hospice situation right it, it, you're still around your loved ones Absolutely. you're still familiar with the surroundings mm-hmm. if the loved ones, of course, are all right with it, Yes. then it is comfortable. It is much warmer than the sterile walls of a hospital or yes. something. Yes, you know?
2: absolutely.
1: But the right? hospitals do provide a good service.
0: They do, they do. And, and it's not, um, honestly, it's, it's in every way that um, uh, it's the comfort of, of the individual. Absolutely. No, no matter Absolutely. how good the service is, is really nothing like being in your space. Absolutely. I you completely know. agree with so you. So why would it be any different for our little guys, you know, <laughs> our little four-legged friends or our birds or anything like that? It's it's frightening.
2: It
1: is frightening.
0: It's frightening. And, uh, you know, the bed is never
2: the favorite place for our pets no. to go to. They hate it when they're well. How can they like it when they are not feeling Absolutely. well? Exactly. So the kindest thing is to really Have them, if if possible, Mm -hmm. if the moment of uh, euthanasia is uh, being considered, I think that uh, doing it at home is definitely
0: Mm -hmm.
2: a much kinder thing for both parts, for for everyone, Mm -hmm. for everyone everyone involved. involved.
1: Mm -hmm. Because euthanasia is never a decision made lightly. Mm -hmm. It is a godlike responsibility that I have found many pet parents would rather do anything and have to euthanize their pet. Mm -hmm. But I buoy myself, and I try to communicate to my clients that euthanasia is an act of love. Mm -hmm. Your pets, our pets, have provided us with years of unconditional love. They've buoyed us when we've been sad and depressed. They've cheered us up when other experiences have left us saddened. When their okay. time comes and they begin to decline and they can no longer eat, they can no longer mm-hmm. move, they can no longer pee, pee or, or poop or do any of their mm-hmm. normal bodily yes. functions, and they begin to live in pain, mm-hmm. we have to stop that. Mm-hmm. We cannot allow our pets to live in pain. We can't reward their years of love by letting them have any existence in pain. Yes. And so where euthanasia is not something that we think about in the front of our head. We should, and we should prepare ourselves as pet parents that we may have to come to that decision and that that decision is an act of love. Mm -hmm. It's really the very best thing that we can do towards showing our pets that we care about them and we don't want them to suffer.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I completely concur with that and uh, now do you you don't provide that service though do you
1: we do not but what we do is we align ourselves with veterinarians in the area who provide in-home euthanasia Mm. they are usually uh, veterinarians in veterinarian hospitals and after hours they provide services in home for Mm. euthanasia and often pet parents will be able to find that their own veterinarian does in home euthanasia after hours just ask them. Find out, inform yourself.
0: Mmm, that is excellent to know because again, I didn't know that piece either. <laughs> I, I when I Googled, I did I did see some people, you know, it's almost like the mobile vet. Right. (laughs) Right. I saw a couple of those. Absolutely. You know, but uh, I didn't realize that there, you know, that there were so many that would do it after hours, which I think is wonderful to bring that back. I think it's it's it really is.
1: It really is. Mm. The whole family can join, it can be done in the evening at sunset. There can be lots of spiritual closure
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: happens in that sort of event.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then
2: again, we have also encountered people who prefer not to have them their pets euthanized. Mm-hmm. Perhaps mm-hmm. the their pets are not in pain, they are right. just declining and they are expecting that it either a heart condition or whatever will mm-hmm. yes. you know, and that happens and that's also I think, you know, very respectable not to do anything, mm-hmm. not to interfere with the process mm-hmm. and to allow the pet to just pass in its mm-hmm. own time. Absolutely. We totally it's really the that.
1: decision of the pet parent. Mm-hmm. It really is. In yeah. a perfect experience, if there could be a perfect experience, our pets would pass in the middle of the evening in their sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we would awake As to ours. find them.
0: <laughs> exactly, and
1: we would awake to find them in the morning, you know, non-responsive, and have passed. Mm-hmm. That's the best way. Mm-hmm. Peaceful, in our sleep, in our own home with all of our smells and treasures around us, oh, yes. that's a blessing,
0: mm-hmm. really
1: a blessing. Mm-hmm. It can't always be that way, but
0: that's a blessing. Mm-hmm.
1: Any pet that passes at home is a blessing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that. Um, it's, it's very interesting because um, I tell a lot of people that the signs are very clear with animals. Mm-hmm. They're very, very clear. From the moment they choose not to eat, mm-hmm. yes, from the moment you see their eyes start to look beyond the walls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're looking they're always pacing in front of a window, looking out or a doorway, or they're always wanting to go out it's It's almost that instinctual <sighs> instinctual sense that they have that I am sick, I am dying and I need to leave the pack. Yes. To go into the woods to find my place where I can die and not not bother anyone else. You know, in the pack mentality, you know, where you know cats and Mm -hmm. wolves—they come from that. That's right. That's what they do. When the sick just go off on their own Mm -hmm. in there to the distance, they stop eating, they stop drinking, and they allow themselves to go. That's right. Very honorable. It's our domesticated ways that, you know, oh, no, you know, you've got a heart issue. I've got to pump all this medication in you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's very different. But I always tell people there are those very, very powerful signs if you choose to see them. Right. Even when they are lying in their little bed or big bed at that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you can see the gaze change. You can actually see that they're not wanting their food. You can make them their favorite food and they'll sniff it. And it's almost like they'll honor you by taking a little nibble yes. <laughs> of it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's true. Right? It's true. It does happen. And in and, and your reference to their wanting to leave the pack, mm-hmm. often I have had people who have been house sitting or pet sitting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: as soon as the parents leave, Yes. The pet feels it's okay to pass yes. because the pack is gone. Mm-hmm. And often, at least four or five times a year,
0: oh.
1: I will be called by someone who is pet sitting because the pet has passed.
0: Ooh. Oh, that poor pet sitter. <laughs> exactly, the poor pet sitter. It's
1: a real heavy weight. Yes. But I think that's in keeping with their waiting to yes. separate themselves from the pack, and that's when they decide to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: There are signs if you're willing to see them. Mm -hmm. However, when love is involved and a pet's involved, we're often quite blind Mm -hmm. as to what's going on with our
2: loved
0: ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's not something that we are really trained to see. Absolutely. You know, there is very little discussion generally. Absolutely. But it is uh, important that we bring it up. And, you know, I'm so grateful that you give us this opportunity to bring this up. There are some. Issues also, when uh, other pets live in the household and yeah. are friends with this pet, or they are companions, <sighs> mm-hmm. I think that's really uh, one of those things that touches my heart so much, because yeah. some pet owners or caregivers take away the pet after it passes yeah. and do not allowing the other pet to also have some closure. So I, I am very touched whenever uh, we have gone to ho- homes where, you know, after the passing of the pet, they allow the other pets to just sit around. It is very interesting how they, if they can, they form a circle, or if it's mm-hmm. only one, they just lie down, stand right, through. or mm-hmm. stand next to them. And they need this moment. Mm-hmm. They need right. to be allowed. to. Mm-hmm. They need it's, their own
1: closure absolutely mm-hmm. pet companions need to be around the pet that passes and if you separate the pet that passes from the pet companions the pet companions become very irritable mm-hmm.
2: yes they do mm-hmm. they do exhibit um, they do exhibit behavior that is uh, because they do not know they're uncomfortable they don't know
0: what mm-hmm. happened to their mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm.
2: so i i i we've had several instances where where we picked up and we see the the pet friends just right. standing guard next oh. to their Yes, it is very or the, touching.
1: Or the pet bear will ask us, ask us can we have the pets see the other pet? Yes. And we'll say, yes, please, bring your other pets in yes. so they can see that this pet has passed.
0: Mm-hmm. They'll
1: smell them. They'll know that they've yeah. passed. And they will have closure. They will understand what mm-hmm. has
0: happened. Mm-hmm.
1: Keeping them separate is not going to be a good thing.
0: Right.
1: Everybody involved in the family involved with the pet needs to be there for the closure
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of us need closure with our pets and that's what we're providing is a moment of closure good wholesome closure so that again in the deepest recesses of your heart and mind you can know that you've done the right thing
0: mm-hmm. 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 Oh, that's uh, lovely. I I, I like how you shared that that extra piece about other pet companions. That's very important. And and I can see why they would keep them separate. They don't know what they might do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, animals are so, so magnificent and they are so intelligent. You know, we just get in the way too often. (laughs) Often. I would say we we always get in our own way as well.
1: (laughs) We have our own agenda.
0: We do, we do. And our minds are very powerful, yet I do believe in each of us. Our heart really knows the yes. truth, and our heart really knows what to do, but our minds just kind of overpower it a little bit it's sometimes, and <laughs> so we make kind of goofy decisions. You know? It's
1: true. Our hearts are in more alignment with our pets than our brains are.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. definitely
2: a heart connection.
1: Absolutely. It's a heart connection between our pets.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Um, as we're coming close to the end of our time together, may I show our audience uh, a little bit uh, about uh, what I received? When, uh, oh, please. Yes.
1: We're very proud of our presentation and would be honored if you would share it with your viewers. Yes.
0: Please. Oh, you know, I, I have to tell all of you, when, when Scott returned with... Um, This uh, Well, even before that, I I have to tell everyone, I had uh, Brisa on her bed with a blanket in it. And the bed was actually very new because she didn't always take to different beds. And uh, um, I basically told Scott to take the whole thing because she was uh, in this bed and she had her blanket over it, her favorite blanket, etc. I just said, you know, you may as well just take the whole thing. And uh, if, if anything, uh, you know, there was rose petals that my son had picked and, and all and sprinkled around her and, and uh, other little flowers that other people put on there. And I said, you know, the blanket and the flowers can be cremated together if that's okay. I mean, it's all part of the whole picture, and that blanket was since she, her birth. So that was all together and on this bed. And what was really wonderful, Scott, I have to say, is how you said, you know, uh, would you like the bed back or may we donate it?
1: Yes.
0: And like you said, oh, we're going to clean it, et cetera. And I'm thinking, she's really never laid in this bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I already had a plastic sheet under yeah, her in right. case uh, the body absolutely. expelled anything. So, and I think the tags were still on the bed too. <laughs> But when you said that and you said, oh, we'll clean them and we gift them to, you know, other, mm-hmm. other yeah. uh, pets and that might need them. And absolutely. I thought, that's really lovely. That's mm-hmm. really lovely. Which, by the way, I have lots of toys as well. If you like those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know? yeah. um, but that was already, that was all part of it. That was very moving. Mm-hmm. I have to let our audience know. And when Scott returned, I, what, a week later or so, he presented me with a lovely package. And this package, I, I swear to you, he's like, he's got a, a Japanese background of some sort because <laughs> the packaging was beautifully wrapped. And, um, and it, it was presented as a gift. It wasn't just, you know, I've had other, other animals, uh, cremated before and, you know, it's just, uh, there. You, know, <laughs> you just get uh, this kind of package, right? Or a little satchel or something. But this was like a gift, a, a box that was gift wrapped, which is absolutely lovely. And I need to show, after we opened the package, which was thrilling for my son to do, Uh of course, because it was like, she's like a big gift. And I said, yes, her spirit's a gift now. And in the beautiful wrapping, of course, is this lovely, beautiful, almost like a cherry wooden box, if you Mm -hmm. can all see it. And I think it's quite clear on the camera that they can see that. And then when you open it, it has my, my, my little girl's name on it. And when you open it, there is a lovely—I want to do this right—little ribbon card in it, and this is a little harder to see. But be- on the back of it is a beautiful poem called "The Rin- Rainbow Bridge," which is lovely. It's—I mean, this—I mean, look, look at this. You know, I—I I, I put the ribbon there, by the way. <laughs> that was from the actual main wrap. Yes. Okay. And then inside is a lovely satchel of. Of um, wildflower seeds, which you for can see for the garden, to you know, to plant
1: in honor of your pet companion,
0: which is so lovely for. And if those of you who might choose to plant the ashes there, I mean, this is so Absolutely. lovely to go on top, yes. you know, in the garden. Now, I had a really special request, which was. For to separate her ashes into two individual bags, Mm -hmm. simply because, one, we wanted to take traveling with us and share with our friends who might like uh, a little piece of her spirit with them, and uh, one for us to keep in this box. And that's exactly what they did. Let me just show you. So here is the beautiful satchel. It's a velvet satchel that has a beautiful saying on it, you know, until we meet again at Rainbow Bridge. I mean, how lovely is that? And so in this satchel is half of... Breeze's ashes. And the other half, they kindly sep- separate it into a little ziplock bag that we could actually remove the ashes and sprinkle it wherever absolutely. we would like. Absolutely. So this is so custom, and I, I so appreciate this. And then the one that is actually in the satchel is completely sealed. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, which is wonderful, and we can keep that around the house. Mm-hmm. So that was in the box. But with that also, they made a really lovely, you know, for those of you who've had children and everything, you know, you do the little imprint of your child's foot or their hand you know, as they're growing up. Well, we ha- now have one of little Breeze's paw print mm-hmm. with her name on it. I mean, I think you can, I can show in this camera here.
1: It's a know, wonderful keepsake.
0: It's lovely. It's lovely. So, so these are the beautiful Memorabilia of our little loved one mm-hmm. that, um, is part of the service.
1: Yes, that's that part of offer. our all-inclusive package.
0: And it's, it, it's uh, from beginning to the finish. I don't want to say to the end, to the finish. <sighs> uh-huh. It truly was a magnificent finish. Okay. The whole experience. And, and I thank you both for, really your love and devotion your empathy you know that you share as you go through the process and you can really feel the joy that you hold doing what you're doing it's really we're very proud of what we
1: do i yeah. i think that both teresa and i have spent every waking hour trying to figure out how we could make this package the very best package that you can receive as a pet parent. Just as you said, like a gift, it's a real remembrance. It has weight and solidity to it. It has a keepsake for the past. It has flowers for the future.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: really speaks to everything that we feel is important. Absolutely.
0: It's very lovely. Very Thank
1: lovely. you. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to be with your guests.
0: Well, I I, I hope that... Um... People even in the mortuaries will learn this, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> you know, now it's uh, maybe you've set a trend here, but I will definitely, uh-huh. um, definitely share this with so many out there. And, uh, you. and you know, of course, my own clients can actually see, feel and touch, you know, what what is happening here. But but it is uh, uh, so lovely. You know, the, your honoring of our little friends is really, really lovely. And I thank you both very much for this magnificent service that you've created. It's a privilege. Thank you, Christina. It's really
1: an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Thank you. Is there anything that you'd like to share? Any one last thing that we might not have covered that you might like to share with our audience? Well, um, I do. I would like to share that
2: part of the work that we do has to do with raising funds Mm. to help uh, animals in need. Mm-hmm. So that is something that we do. A portion of our uh, profits goes to helping uh, pay for veterinary care, or simply when we know of an animal that is in need somewhere else, an elderly person that cannot afford food for their pets, mm-hmm. uh, we try to use this uh, this funds that we raise and um, you know that's so part we of accept
1: our... we're accepting donations. we have a website. Mm-hmm. And there is a button on our website if you would like to donate. Yes, Um, yes, as Teresa mentioned, a portion of our profits go reinvested into our pet rescue arm of the organization. And we are always actively seeking donations for Mm -hmm. pets that need TNR service, trap and release service, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also for those who in our community have come on hard times and still want to be with their pets and need a little bit of assistance. Mm. So we'd like to consider this as a place where all pet parents can come and donate funds or get information about aftercare mm. or the well-being of our pets mm, and the well-being of
0: ourselves. That's it. That is it. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that with us. That portion i didn't know (laughs) so much for my research yes
1: (laughs) it's uh, it's actually we really just started it up in the last uh a couple of months teresa's been working very hard on getting the donations and the fundraising working so that we can provide services for the rest of our community so that we can provide support and Mm -hmm. good services for our community
0: wonderful wonderful well well thank you for sharing that very important piece of information there. Yes, <laughs> Thank you. Yes, because Thank we you. do know all around Los Angeles there are so many pets Absolutely. around. or That, you know, strays, etc.
1: Barrels that need feeding. Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Oh, good. Thank you so much to both of you. Thank you for honoring our community. Thank we you, Christina. So well Thank honored. you so Thank much. Thank you. Um, I would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing from your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1.30 Eastern Time. Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. And of course, if you would like to be in touch with Teresa and Scott Somerville, we invite you to contact them through at petsedge.com. Is that correct? At, at Edge. Oh, sorry. At, at, right. <laughs> at, at GardensEdge At com. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so ah, much. You. And re- this is mainly for the Los Angeles area, correct?
1: <laughs> we actually deal with Los Angeles, the San Gabriel, and San Fernando Valleys. Thank oh, you wonderful. for asking.
0: You, you may have to kind of push out now towards, like, the 15 freeway as well okay (laughs) we'll
1: we'll go wherever we're yes
0: okay all right because i'm kind of spreading the word all over the place (laughs) we'll Uh, gladly do that too Um, we're
1: available for our, our our brothers and sisters in their hour of need for advice information anytime we can be of assistance don't hesitate to call
0: Thank you so much. So, yes, we're going to expand your boundaries here.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Christina.
0: That's fantastic. (laughs) It's all about growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get the word out there the best we can. Yes. And thank you so much. And until next time, namaste. namaste. Namaste.